0: again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, USBets Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by our senior analyst, Pulitzer Prize finalist, John Brennan. March is over, but March Madness is not. Uh, four games remain of April awesomeness. Uh, I'm trademarking and copywriting that, effective immediately. Uh, John, any luck in any bracket pools this year?
1: Uh, I'm only in one, Eric, uh, with a paltry 19 entrance. Not much to brag about, but um, I have nearly clinched it. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, no spoilers, though, ahead of the uh, later podcast news here. But uh, people got to keep listening to find out more.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, I played in one bracket pool this year, and it was an even smaller field than yours. It's just my uh, my poker home game crew was invited, and uh, only about half of us entered, so five people are in there. So uh, knowing that the field was small, I decided not to be contrarian, and I picked Duke to win it all, and I'm drawing dead at this point. Um, however, I also entered the free-to-play DraftKings pool uh, with a $64,000 prize pool and went a little more contrarian there. Uh, I have a Virginia-Texas Tech final, and I'm currently in 2,052nd place out of 18,344, and I'm tracking toward winning five bucks, and uh, maybe more if I get the last three games right. So I
1: think, uh, yeah, you could be in the top know, 500 or so. It uh, all goes well.
0: <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. Maybe I'll jump from five bucks to ten bucks or, or something like that. H- have you ever won uh, a bracket pool before, uh, finished in first place?
1: Uh, Wow, that. I didn't see that coming actually. Um, (laughs) No, it's true. Uh, April, I think it's April 7th, 2008. So at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we get the news that uh, Jeff Pilots and I are Pulitzer Prize finalists for the Donald Trump golf course jersey Meadowlands fiasco that we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. And about five hours later, uh, I am a finalist in the NCA March Madness. Now, this is about 85 people in the office okay um, with legendary Giants writer Vinny Detrani. And um, it was about a couple hundred bucks uh, available. And I had said to him, Do you want to just split the money beforehand? Because, you know, I had one team and he had the other. And um, we talked about different uh, variations. And basically, we went with like, I think it was 40 and 200. So the loser at least made some money, you know, right. but the winner got the vast bulk of it. And I agreed to that. And um, I had Memphis kids over Kansas. Um, and this is the game where Memphis basically has the game one. And then Kansas, somebody hits a three at the future NBA player too uh, at nearly near the buzzer to get overtime. And then, uh, I lose an overtime. And so, um, I lose, I lose again, basically. So I was a runner-up twice in the same day, and the losing coach, of course, in Memphis at the time was John Calipari, who I right. would covered with the Nets. So I figured, you know, he owed me one, but uh, it didn't work out. So <laughs> thanks for reminding me of this uh, painful, painful day.
0: Well, at least at least you made your second place deal, so you got something out of
1: it. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they were both losers, but they were both good things, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. The, well, the the Pulitzer Prize finalist bit uh, goes on your resume and gets uh, mentioned every podcast. So it's 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 not I wouldn't think of yourself as a loser, just uh, second place. You know, not
1: bad. Uh, yeah. OK, let's go. With that.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, Thank you to everyone out there for joining us for episode number 34 of Gamble On. What do you think, John? Who's the greatest athlete ever to wear? Number 34, Walter Payton, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq, Nolan Ryan. Who you got?
1: <laughs> Uniform numbers are not one of my lame superpowers, Eric. I got to say um,
0: <laughs> it is uh, definitely a lame superpower. If you yeah, it's yeah. actually
1: a true story about a. a a guy from my hood named Doug, who, who whose lame superpower is being able to recognize obscure athletes outside of uniform. Uh, okay. That's pretty lame. It takes me <laughs> back to 1986. Uh, there was a Boston bar near Fenway Park called Who's on First, or um, a lever named Neil Allen. There was a round of drinks involved, uh, ex-Yankee manager Billy Martin in his natural habitat. Um, it's quite a story, but it has nothing to do with uniform numbers, so I'll save it for the, <laughs> the, premium, the premium storytelling package we'll probably offer someday. Yeah. Uh, but as far as number 34, Charles Barkley comes to mind. And, uh, oh, right. Right. I, I, yeah, I could tell a story about him in a Secaucus bar after a 76ers <laughs> game, but I'm not going to do that right here either.
0: OK, you are you, just about everything. You've got a story for it. Okay. I'll, I'll go with Walter Payton, although uh, although Barkley is a name I should have mentioned there. But anyway, uh, getting back on track, uh, if you missed any of our previous 33 episodes, you can find them all on SoundCloud or on iTunes or the Apple podcast app. Just click the subscribe button so you never miss another episode.
1: And coming up a little later on the podcast, Eric, uh, we're going to speak to Roto Grinders and Sharpside Major League Baseball analyst Matt Trollo, get his thoughts on some do's and don'ts of betting baseball uh, now that we're in the season, and, and some advice on transitioning from playing daily fantasy baseball, which many people have, to actually betting on the games themselves, and not just uh, your own picked lineup. But first, we have a lot of news to cover from the world of gambling, so let's get to it. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of
2: gambling.
0: Any news is big news when it comes to New York sports betting legislation updates. And so we'll start this week with an update that would be minor news if it was any other state, but is major because it's New York. Over the weekend, as you wrote on Monday, John, the state budget was finalized without any movement toward mobile sports betting legislation. And that's a bad sign for those hoping for something to change this year. The 2019 window hasn't closed yet. But something would need to happen by June, and with Governor Andrew Cuomo apparently not on board, it feels like a real long shot. However, State Senator Joe Adabo remains hopeful, stating this week that he thinks it's a 60-40 shot New York does get mobile betting this year and stop sending all of its sports betting money to New Jersey. Does Adabo see something you don't, John? Is he just a hopeless optimist, or is he basically full of crap and and trying to spin a hopeful narrative when he deep down knows it's not happening?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with hopeless optimist because I just want to think the best of people. But but, but here's the deal. Cuomo's a political animal, and he recognizes that the state assembly speaker opposes online sports betting. Uh, So it's going nowhere in the assembly, period. Uh, Cuomo... uh, You know, knows that. And for all, all he has to do is say, don't blame me. Nothing can happen unless the assembly is in favor of it. And he hasn't publicly said, I'm okay if the assembly goes forward anyway. So, uh, you know, while Cuomo gets a lot of the attention, it's really that speaker who's killing this. Um, And of course, Hmm. the legislature breaks for the year in late June because, well, by then they've been working for several months. And I think at that point we all need six or eight months off, don't we?
0: Ah, uh, sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I don't. <laughs> All right, yeah, I I don't have a ton to add here. Uh, you're certainly the expert when it comes to anticipating inaction in New York. Um, I, you know, may, maybe Adabo misspoke uh, and threw on an extra zero. He meant six percent, not sixty percent. That that seems more realistic. But, um, you know, assuming it doesn't happen it's a shame for New Yorkers. That's a lot of money going to New Jersey and going to offshore sports books. I'm, I'm sure there are still many, many more Manhattanites who bet offshore than who take a train into Jersey to get legal bets down. Uh, but you know, what can you do? It's a slow process. We might still be a couple of years away in New York, unfortunately. It
1: seems. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been saying since last August, it was not going to happen last year. It's not going to happen this year. Um, Uh, I'm not ruling out 2020 yet, but... I'm not ruling it in either. (laughs) It is what it is. (laughs)
0: Right. All right. uh, Moving on to our next story. Traveling man John took a short trip this week to Seton Hall University in New Jersey for the Sports Business and Media Ethics Symposium, where among assorted panels and speakers, he saw NBA Commissioner Adam Silver talk about sports betting. And Silver went where other league officials have been reluctant to go the last few months. He used the term integrity fee over and over at least 16 times by your count, John. Silver's main argument is that he feels the NBA is giving up its intellectual property and not getting a cut of the sports betting proceeds in exchange for that. But the counter argument, as has been made many times is that the league and the teams are making money indirectly in all sorts of ways thanks to sports betting, or even directly via partnerships with, say, MGM. Uh, Silver also noted that he thinks we m- still might see a federal framework instead of state-by-state, state, which uh, that's not exactly conventional wisdom there. That's a little off the, uh, the, the popular opinion. Uh, but the main thrust, again, was that word integrity and the NBA getting a cut of the betting handle. John, were you surprised to hear Silver going down this road that that many others in similar positions have stopped trying to go down?
1: Yeah, I think in retrospect that my my 16 count was a little low. It might have been 18, hmm. but um, okay. yeah, he uh, yeah, Adam Silver likes the word integrity. Um, I, frankly, I, I thought it was very clarifying for me to realize that this really is Adam Silver's baby, and. Um, this is something he sincerely feels. I, I I guess i become so cynical that when I don't care what somebody says, at least if they actually believe what they're saying, I, I appreciate it, even if I don't agree with the bottom line point. But at least it's, it's a real sentiment, and I think this is definitely real. Um, and while the marketing angle of integrity fee has been poorly received, Silver doesn't care what it's called. He just believes that states like my New Jersey and your Pennsylvania have passed sports betting laws that effectively direct sports leagues like his to offer their data to casinos and other sports betting operators for free. I mean, legislators of reality, of course, have ignored how the operators are going to operate. They don't, they don't care about that. But Silver's just truly annoyed his league doesn't get a direct cut. You know, I mean, uh, I kind of get it. Uh, now, if not for 70 years of history with legal sports betting in Nevada and a league's not getting a cut and doing just fine, you know, his right. argument might fare better. Um, Plus, the leagues are going to get a tremendous cut from legal gambling. Uh, Most obvious is television rights. Uh, League ratings are going up, for instance, and so are TV rights deals. And, you know, we'll we'll have all kinds of partnerships. And so uh, the leagues are going to get plenty of money and – Whether they don't get a direct cut of, uh, you know, uh, some operators not partnering with the leagues to to pay for official data or whatever they want to call it, um, leagues are going to be just fine. But um, I I thought it was a refreshing uh, window into a a commissioner soul, so to speak, of like he's really believed. This isn't some marketing thing that, you know, some uh, somebody two thirds of the way up the ladder of the NBA came up with. Uh, This is Adam Silver's actual sentiment.
0: All right. I I agree with uh, with your assessment of all of that there um, and that he is sincere, but I guess it, it might be that he sincerely just wants to make as much money as possible, that that's, that's really uh, where the sincerity is focused. I don't know. I mean, I'm a little biased. Uh, Adam Silver forced the Sixers to replace Sam hinkey with the <laughs> Colangelos. Uh, so while I respect that he is most definitely a progressive compared to some other major sports commissioners, I'm still not all in on Adam Silver. Uh, that's just my personal bias. But, you know, he can talk about intellectual property or whatever, wrap it up in whatever terminology he likes. Uh, I think ultimately here, it's just, you know, he knows sports betting is going to make everyone in the NBA, the the, the league, the teams, it's going to make them all richer. Uh, but there's some greed here that Richer is not enough. They want to be richer you know, as rich as they can possibly be. So, uh, you know, I, I don't doubt that it's that it's sincere that he feels like they're entitled to a cut, but it's, you know, money is clearly the motivation.
1: Yeah. Silver used the term. It's a business opportunity also. And mm-hmm. he said that before. I mean, yeah, he he's not uh, playing babe in the woods completely here. He he's he's acknowledging basically what you're saying, that um, he thinks that this is a a chance that the league should get to make even more money. And so he wants it. But again, that's, he's acknowledging that too. So uh, overall, I, you know, I was fine with the discussion. I, I like to hear what people actually think. Right.
0: Okay. Uh, our final story this week, uh, we ask the question who will be state number nine to introduce legal sports betting. Uh, we actually asked each other that question recently and landed on Connecticut and Massachusetts as leading candidates Perhaps that revealed our East Coast biases. We've also talked about legislation in Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, and on and on. But all of a sudden this week, an unexpected entrant may have moved to the head of the class, Montana Yes, Montana might just be a couple of weeks away from quickly approving sports betting. The Big Sky State has three separate but connected bills moving along, and they're speeding right through the process and could land on the governor's desk before the session ends on April 20th. Uh, A key detail, there would be mobile sports betting. That's good. Uh, with in-person registration. That's less good. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, in other news, in other states, uh, Arkansas introduced a sports betting bill this week, uh, most notable, uh, especially on the eve of WrestleMania, for explicitly prohibiting betting on WWE. Uh, But back to the main story here. Montana is in the mix. Do you think, John, that it will be the first state to legalize sports betting in 2019?
1: Hey, go Grizzlies. That's uh, Montana, Eric. Um, <laughs> you know, the Professional Amateur Sports Protection Act of 1992, uh, belovedly known as PASPA, uh, that was struck down by the Supreme Court last year. It clearly exempted Nevada from that ban at the time. And for decades, it was thought that Delaware, Oregon and, yes, Montana were the only ones who also had limited options uh, based on that law. In the past five years, it turned out that PASPA was so vague that several other states like North Dakota probably had their own options, too. But you know, Montana, like Oregon, just slept through the whole thing for for twenty six years. So, right. um, so I think you know, so few people live in Montana that it seems like it would be far easier to succeed in passing legislation there than in other states. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Montana as number nine.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it certainly seems like the only state with a good shot to pass something in the next couple of weeks. Um, so that that puts them in a great position there. Yeah, Montana's got to be the, the front runner now, uh, you know, based on what I read in our colleague Jill Dorson's article. Um, and an interesting detail in there, uh, quote, sports betting in Montana wouldn't take place in casinos, but rather via kiosks that could be placed in bars, restaurants, convenience stores, and other licensed venues, end quote. Uh, that's cool. And it makes the in-person registration element less problematic if there are lots of places in or near every town where you can register. So it's not like you have to drive three hours to register if your local bar or 7-Eleven is, is licensed and has a kiosk. Um, although uh, betting at bars, you know, might might be good if the bartender can cut a customer off from betting the same way he can cut <laughs> them off from drinking. That, that That's not a bad safety valve to consider there.
1: Yeah. What could go wrong? It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gambleon interview.
0: We're about one week into the Major League Baseball season, so the time to consider preseason bets has passed, but every day brings a batch of a dozen or so baseball games, and there are hundreds, maybe thousands of potential bets to be made each day. Joining us now to share his thoughts on navigating those betting options is Matt Trollo, a writer who provides MLB analysis for RotoGrinders and SharpSide. Matt, thanks for joining us on Gamble On.
2: Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: So baseball is a very data-driven sport. Uh, People are crunching numbers on every single pitcher versus hitter matchup in a game to come up with projections on what's most likely to happen on the field. And certainly the bookmakers who set the lines are are doing some of that math as well. Is it possible to have success betting baseball in the long term if you're just one of those people who watches the games and goes on feel and doesn't use math to find the optimal bets?
2: I don't think you necessarily have to use math, but you have to use something. you got to know where the money's going at least, which way the line's moving. I mean, you definitely want to do your work as far as all the math is concerned. But um, there, there are plenty of sites that do that for you now. I mean, for football, for instance, you have, what, 16 games a week, and then by weeks you might have like 12. So you have a whole week to get through 12 games. Baseball on a full slate you'll have fifteen games and how many hours to get through them It, it can be paralyzing, so I mean you you definitely want to be looking at the right stuff, but you you have to look at some stuff I mean now we have people that they're doing weather right. just people that just do weather and they have a new we have a new weather tool on the Roto Grinder site where they tell you which way the wind's blowing, um, games under those conditions in the in that park how much more offense or less offense it will lead to. We know uh, umpire tendencies now. And I mean, just those, so many things that weren't available like years ago, fan is a terrific site. Baseball savant is maybe even a better site. And that's only been around for the last few years. I can tell you what kind of contact the pitcher has given up uh, velocity. Uh, like um, I was just looking at John Lester and he got smacked around a little bit in his first start. And his velocity's down, so I'm a little worried about him, but there's just so much stuff to look at. You don't have to look at all of it. You don't want to get paralyzed, but you do want to be, you know, you, I, I tell you what, you read so much about baseball. You look at so many stats, you talk about people just like watching the games. I barely even have time to watch them anymore. I'm so <laughs> always reading and writing about them. I'm like, oh, let me stop and watch some baseball. Yeah, so uh, Matt,
1: tell me, you know, opening days pass, and I think some casual, well, some serious baseball fans who are only casual bettors or barely bet at all, uh, especially in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, some of the legal states, you know, they may be feeling like they missed out, like, oh, I could have made a season-long futures bet, either on their favorite team or on some team that they think is, uh, is a real sleeper, and, uh, you know, they think they missed it. And obviously, they haven't. You can, you can bet futures practically mm-hmm. only. A year, but um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the over under win total, of course, will shift slightly based on real results. Uh, there's an advantage to be gained from betting on a team. I wonder with an unexpected good start, or whether it's the Yankees' slow start, or the Orioles seeming ready to go over by mid season at this rate. Um, you know, should a fan make must of an adjustment at all on an opening week based on for a season long uh futures bet?
2: Um, if there were injuries, definitely. I mean, like the Yankees lost a few guys, but then again, that they, they were playing the Orioles and the Tigers. So maybe they, you know, they put a few guys on the injured list so they figured they weren't going to need that badly right away. I I don't know if that's the case. But uh, for the first week, you you don't want to go overboard. The Orioles, I mean, anybody wants to bet me right now that the Orioles are going to be over 500, never never mind (laughs) the playoffs, I, I, I take that bet. Uh, it, you don't, you don't want to go too crazy about anything that happens early in the season. I mean, remember last year, the Mets opened 11 and one, they looked like the greatest team in the world. And then they finished under 500. Yeah, don't remind I me. Mean, <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm, a, you know, I'm a Mets fan too. It hurt, hurt me just as much, but it's, you don't want to go nuts. But the thing I, I actually tell people is if you're going to bet a season over under don't bet it. If you're betting the over just don't bet it early in March don't bet it in February wait until you see who's going to be injured and who's not going to be going into opening day. So maybe the unders you can bet before him, but even now, like more, you still got free agents out there. I mean, Dallas Keuchel might sign with somebody and they maybe like the Brewers get Keuchel and Campbell's um, still out there too. I mean, that that's the kind of thing that could change um, projections. Um, the thing you want to think about now too, is the trade deadline has changed. It's a hard trade deadline in July. So maybe like some teams that are like, they might be a little bit out of it. They might start trading off guys in July. So then they think their win most uh, total could go downward at that mm-hmm. point. So I, I wouldn't make any major adjustments on one week because like we, any team can have a hot week, just stick by the projections. I mean, you could look at a set like fan graphs and you can see like the projections for the rest of the year, whether a team's going to go upwards or downwards because maybe somebody has picked up a new pitch, a hitter has a new approach, but team wide, I, I wouldn't go nuts over any like one week span.
0: Okay, because I, I personally made a, a bet. I got a plus one twenty five on the Orioles before the season to have the worst record in MLB. Uh, yeah. So uh, obviously, <laughs> it's not looking it's not off to a good start. But you're saying I, I shouldn't panic just yet. You,
2: you might still be safe. I'd be worried maybe about the Marlins. The, the, the Giants look kind of ugly too, I think, but um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be that worried about them. That that's actually a good bet. I wish I would have seen it somewhere.
0: <laughs> hey, well, uh, you, I, you I, might you know, might, might still be able if to if get it. Might have it, like gone 150 up 150 now. Yeah. I
2: still might take it. There yeah.
0: You go. <laughs> um. So you've written a lot, uh, Matt, about transitioning from daily fantasy sports to sports betting. What would you say are the one or two keys to making that move as legal sports betting starts to catch up to DFS in terms of legal availability?
2: Well, the first thing is daily fantasy players are already using a lot of things in, in the lines, um, especially team totals. And I think that was like the first thing my daily fantasy prep had me ready to bet at the onset was, was the team totals and the over-unders. I think that's where they might have their most success initially. Because that's what you're doing for daily fantasy. You're looking for lineups that are going to score runs. And, you know, you're looking at lineups that aren't going to score runs. So that's what I did a lot of at first. But I'll tell you one of the pitfalls, too, is since everything is all about value, I could do all my daily fantasy work, say, I'm going to be on this lineup. I'm going to be on this pitcher. And these are, you know, great priced hitters. I'm going to stack. And then I would write that all up. And then I'd find once I got into the lines and everything and I saw which way the money's moving i had to write up the opposite side later for the for the sports betting uh blog hmm. because there was there was good value in it mm-hmm. um like just just the other night one of my friends was asking me he goes give me a lock for tonight i go there are no locks but i'm on the uh, rangers i'm on the royals he goes so those teams are horrible how could you bet those teams i go well it's the price it's, mm-hmm. it's you always got to look at the value in something i mean i think the rangers are something like 190 and they won last night And, you know, of course, if I, you know, you're playing Daily Fantasy, you're going to stack the Astros. They have the bats in a great park. Yeah, I can see that. The price. It's the price that matters. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Matt, you know, Eric wrote a good story
1: this week about uh, uh, sucker bets uh, for April Fool's Day on, uh, you know, Tiger Woods is overrated and, uh, you know, uh, a team that's really has no shot at the playoffs and you can still uh, waste money on them. Uh, but I'm, I'm wondering if there's any common sucker bets on, like, in-play pl- in baseball betting, like, um, you know, there are odds on a player to hit a home run that day or or odds on a team being shut out. So these could be before or during a game, um, you know, uh, where the return on investment for a correct guess isn't nearly what it would pay. I mean, I think a part. Parlays, but this would be uh, individual bets, but just ones that kind of get put out there on on various uh, sports books that really, uh, you know, a uh, better should probably stay away from in general.
2: Yeah, no, I I think you, you just look at the bets I'm making. I'm probably still making <laughs> half of them at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like you mentioned, the parlays are are usually one. But what I've been seeing now since um it's become legalized in New Jersey that they're boosting the odds on a lot of those things that make them not as big as sucker bets. Like uh, I think each site in New Jersey will have like a odds boost parlay and don't just bet them blindly. But if you say, you know, if you like these teams and the odds are boosted, they're not as bad now because they're trying to get the money in. But um, yeah, that the whole, some of the home run ones are just like, it's how do you project that? But sometimes they'll boost the odds on those too. So I you know that they're giving you a little bit better odds, but I mean, Basically, it's, it's the things you've always been told. Like you said, the parlays, sometimes the teasers, I guess. Yeah. But it, it's there are so many things they're giving you to bet that if something looks a little, it, they're always going to make sure the odds are in their favor.
0: Right. All right. Well, great talking to you, Matt. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, a note to all our listeners uh, that you can follow Matt on Twitter at Freelance uh, So definitely do that if you're planning on betting any baseball games this season. Uh, Matt, thanks again for coming on the show.
2: Thank you, guys. Keep up the uh, work. Yeah, Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much. Two men. $10,000.
1: Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in
2: on the Gamble On bankroll.
0: We will get to an update on our March Madness contest shortly. But first, we update the bankroll following up on our conversation from last week. It's official. Spurs under is a loss, uh, nah. so we dropped three hundred thirty dollars there. I wish yeah. we could have doubled down with a bet on will Greg Popovich get ejected from Wednesday night's game in the first two minutes, uh, <laughs> but alas, couldn't find odds on that. So, oh well, John. Uh, that it, it that, was a
1: good. It was a good run. Yeah.
0: Good might be strong. It was a okay. run.
1: <laughs> uh
0: Anyway, we went one for two last week on March Madness bets uh, with my Virginia Tech plus seven and a half points winning us $100. John's Florida State money line bet costing us that same $100. Uh, and there's a very unexpected update, a bet we didn't expect to be over so soon. The Alliance of American Football has suspended all operations after eight weeks of games without finishing its first season. The decision was made by league owner Tom Dundon, and it's been suggested that he only bought a share of the AAF in the first place to get a hold of its betting technology. So there's a sports betting angle there, and there's a sports betting angle to the fact that All championship bets are off. Now, FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey is going for publicity by paying out all futures bets as winners. But at other books, bets are simply being refunded. uh, And that includes your bet on the Birmingham Iron John. Uh, That $100 goes back into our bankroll. Comments on this whole mess and the refund situation?
1: Yeah, AAF was strange from the start. Um, it was kind of a desperate race against time. You know, WWE, speaking to them, uh, founder Vince McMahon, has more than $270 million set aside to start a new XFL season in 2020. Mm-hmm. So AAF might have been doomed anyway. They they just uh, had the one-year advantage. But um, I'm just surprised the season didn't finish, though. I mean, the Carolina uh, Hurricane hockey team owner, Dundon, uh, became the major investor midseason. For some reason, he just shut it down with two weeks left in the regular season. Uh, as former NFL executive and agent Andrew Brandt likes to say on Twitter, there will be lawyers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do not have high hopes for the XFL. As long as you brought it up, I just got to say, I don't I don't see that doing a whole lot better than this. Uh, that that one already failed once. For me, it's uh, USFL forever. I'm uh, I'm always uh, loyal, loyal to the Philadelphia stars.
1: Uh, I used to actually go to the New Jersey Generals games. They had uh, Doug Flutie and Herschel Walker. And,
0: yeah, uh, that's some yeah, talent.
1: Back, way back in a day, and uh, I'll tell you that um, there are a lot of things that. uh, now president trump doesn't like to talk about but ask him about the uh, jersey generals he loves talking about that
0: well are you being sarcastic or serious no he
1: did i couldn't as soon as i mentioned the generals i couldn't get him to stop talking about oh, it, well
0: uh he when the cameras were turned on him for the espn 30 for 30 about what uh, <laughs> his role in killing the league there were certain things he didn't want to talk about but uh
1: yeah that didn't come up and then he was
0: okay All right. So back to our bankroll. We crunch all the numbers uh, and we're now up $671. But with our new futures bets we made last week, we have $910 on hold, meaning that we are back under the 10K mark in available cash. We have $9,761 to bet with and you're up first, John.
1: All right. I I can now reveal, Eric, that I have Virginia winning it all as my main uh, real money bet, Uh, getting about six and a half to one before the tournament. Uh, DraftKings is offering me two and a half to one to walk away and minimize a potential loss to them that wouldn't even be close to a rounding error for them. But um, I'm not buying yet. In fact, uh, Auburn will live and die with a three pointer in the semis. Uh, One of Virginia's best attributes is their defense against three pointers. So I'm not thrilled to risk 278 to win 100 on the money line, but uh, Virginia will win. So I will.
0: Okay. So risking 278 to win 100, fingers crossed, could be a a hit to our Uh, Mm bankroll. And and of course, now uh, I have to root against uh, my interest in our March Madness competition uh, (laughs) for the sake of the bankroll. So,
2: uh,
0: oh, well. Um, So it's Thursday as we record this. So I'm betting on a couple of Thursday games this week. Uh, First, I'm trying a baseball bet in honor of our guest, Matt Trollo. Uh, We both like the Cincinnati Reds over for the season. They're off to a slow start, 1-4, and but uh, playing the Pirates could help them start to get it moving in the right direction. The Reds open a series in Pittsburgh tonight. Because they're on the road, you can get plus money on the Reds. Uh, On the mound for Pittsburgh is Jordan Lyles, he of the career 528 ERA. Terrible, terrible. (laughs) So I like the Reds here at plus 108 on DraftKings. It's not great value, but good value, I think. Let's bet $100 to win 108.
1: Yeah, there's no spark in that, Lyle's. So. <laughs> I can tell you so. Um, well, it's time for a Masters Futures bet uh, since they will have teed off a lot of them by the time we tape next Thursday. So I'll go a week ahead. I really like Justin Rose at 14 to 1 at Sugar House, 100 to win, 1,400. That'll get us some money back. Um, he lost a showdown to Sergio Garcia down the stretch at Augusta national a couple years ago. It cost me some dough in my annual pool, frankly, but um, he's now learned how to win consistently and the course shapes up nicely for his game. He's barely been able to fly under the radar. He's right at the top, but he's not going to get all the headlines uh, entering the tournament. Uh, Obviously, Rory McIlroy and Tiger woods will get all of that. Uh, That's a good spot for him. So uh, 14 to one, I don't usually like to pick a winner in a golf tournament, but at those odds and a player of that quality uh, on a, good course for him. Uh, I'm going to take a shot.
0: All right. I I could go for that. I I mean, I don't know enough about uh, all the golfers to know who is or isn't great value, but uh, as long as you weren't uh, betting tiger woods at his outrageously low return for his actual potential, Uh, he's,
1: he's also 14 to one. That's not the worst pick in the world. I, uh, He's healthy. He's healthy. He's great on that course. But they
0: they always uh,
1: give you short odds uh, on him because they know the public Uh, uh, wants to bet him. Whatever. The point is – I'm not mocking Tiger. I, 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 I fear him a little bit.
0: All right. Well, I, I'm glad you went with Rose because I, I might have tried to throw my body in front of a Tiger bet. But uh, this this one I'm fine with. Um, For my second bet, I'm looking at tonight's NBA games. And the one that intrigues me is Golden State versus the Lakers. The Warriors are playing for playoff seeding. They want that number one seed. The Lakers are playing for nothing and have shut LeBron James down for the season. Now, the Warriors are favored by 13 points. The problem is They could be up 20 at the start of the fourth quarter and then start resting guys. You know, they're motivated to win, but not to cover the 13 points. Mm. However, I found the Warriors at a minus 114 price to cover a seven and a half point lead at halftime. And that Mm. I like. There's no reason for them to let up in the first half. Uh, Now, I don't know for sure as of this recording that the Warriors won't sit any of their starters. But even if they choose to give one guy the night off, they should still build a comfortable lead by halftime. So I'm betting $114 to win 100 on Golden State in the first half. Uh, and let's finish up with a status report on our head-to-head March Madness contest. We were tied at six points each through the first two rounds. Uh, I got two more wins out of Michigan State and one out of Duke. You got two more wins out of Virginia and one out of Kentucky. So here we are, still tied, nine points apiece heading into the final four. You're the favorite right now because Virginia is the favorite to win the tournament, but I have Michigan State, a team that currently has the second shortest odds. If they both lose in the semifinals, we will end up in a tie. But under any other scenario, we will have a winner. Someone will buy someone else a hundred dollar free bet. How are you feeling heading into the final week of this competition?
2: Oh,
1: oh, I'm feeling cavalier about my chances there.
0: <laughs> Nicely you done.
1: Period. R. Period. Doomed. Period.
0: <laughs> wow, that's strong. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, it's funny. I, I was regretting my drafting uh, the way that I picked both Duke and Michigan State because they're in the same region, and I hadn't really thought that through. I was starting to think maybe that was bad strategy. But then I look back, if I'd picked any other available two seed besides Michigan State, I'd be out of it by now. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I guess I could have taken Virginia instead of Duke with the first pick, but that's Monday morning quarterbacking. Uh, really, I'm, I'm happy with my drafting at the top of the draft. It's my lower seeds that I'll kick myself for drafting if I lose this competition.
1: Yeah, I, when you when you got the first pick and you got Duke, I said I'd rather have Virginia anyway, so I was happy, and I'm still happy.
0: All right, we'll see. If that pays off, we will have our final results next week. Uh, and that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Eric askin and john at bergen brennan and follow us bets at us underscore bets go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on soundcloud or on itunes or the apple podcast app and with that john give us not just your pearl of wisdom but in honor of auburn's final four run your bruce pearl of wisdom and take us out
1: Oh, very nice. Uh, nicely played. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to those men's college basketball teams who are soldiering on in the shadows. Uh, Texas and Lipscomb, for instance, will play for the NIT title tonight on this Thursday night at Madison Square Garden. Uh, the CIT final is tonight, and as I'm sure you know, uh, Marshall University is hosting Green Bay in that one. Um, I'll I finally add that your alma mater, Brown, managed to win its first-round CBI game over Alabama-Birmingham before a crowd of 683. No kidding, uh, before falling at Loyola Marymount. I'm not sure if that's a, a higher-than-usual crowd, but uh, it's, it seems kind of paltry. Now, DePaul and South Florida are in the best of three CBI finals, and they have each won one game. So it's winner-take-all on Friday night. Ooh, I can hardly wait. So until next time, everybody, gamble on.